Tell me more. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Julie. Get ready. We're going deep. Like page 12 of the Google search deep. And I'm really excited for tonight's Tell Me More episode. Me too. This has been a long time coming. (laughs) Has it? Uh, Yes. Researching for quite a while on this one, I guess. But um, this person, she, she, okay. She has (laughs) done many things during her life. Um, Mariah Carey. No, (laughs) totally different area. (laughs) Oprah. (laughs) Closer. So I just want to give you a few of the things that I got as feedback because I pulled my family group chat that I have with my (laughs) aunts and my mom and my cousins, like my girl cousins. It's like our female family group chat to ask for opinions about this person. And it started with, here's what they said. People still have major issues with her from her actions and opinions during a certain war. They love her. Oh God, I didn't even get through them. Wait, really? Yes. So tonight we're going to be talking about Jane Fonda. And my initial question when my husband and I rewatched the newsroom, I said, she's so freaking badass. Like what, how did this all come to be? Like I, what's the newsroom? The show on HBO, the newsroom that she was in. Yes. Okay. When you first said the newsroom, I was picturing the morning show, but the newsroom is yeah. like older, right? And yeah, it like had... 2018. Who did it have in it? Bill McAvoy was... was, wait, that's the character. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his real name? Bill Pullman? Is that right? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. And the, the girl is, her name's Mac in it, but I don't yes. know her real name either. Yeah. Well, I loved that show. I don't Wasn't remember so her on it. She was like the CEO president of the um the like media company. Yes. Okay, okay, that's coming back. And Olivia yeah. Munn was like the Sloan. She was one yeah. of the financial reporters. So we rewatched okay. that and it just like was I just like was like, I like want to know more about like who she is as a person. So back to that family group chat, here's what they were saying. Okay. And I'll insert her name in here now. People still have major issues with her for her actions and opinions during Vietnam. Love Jane Fonda, but the whole Hanoi Jane thing is quite controversial. Apparently, Henry Fonda was a douche as a father. (laughs) I personally like her. I feel like she's very authentic and doesn't care if people like her or not. She was very influenced by men when she was younger. The Vietnam stuff was when she was married to Hayden, who we'll talk about. And although she was always, although she was very politically active, and then the last thing was you were named after her character on Golden Pond, <laughs> which is true because her character's name on Golden Pond was Chelsea. And clearly that was from my mom. in the group. <laughs> <laughs> so Chelsea, you've read books and stuff for this, right? Like you went deep. I watched documentaries. I went through her website. I really would love to read her memoir. She does have a memoir. So mm. I couldn't find, like they didn't have it at my library, shockingly or available at my library and they don't have it in an audiobook. Was it recent or is it older? I think it's older. But tonight we're gonna be talking about Jane Fonda. Yes. All right. Here for it. What's your like what is your knowledge of her so far? Okay. So I know what her face looks like. 
I knew that she had a lot of opinions on the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. I also, didn't she then get reinvented in the 80s as like a workout guru? Yeah, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And is she one of the women in Grace and Frankie or no? Yes, she is. That's kind of a more recent show that she's done. That is the extent of my knowledge on Jane Fonda. I also know she's come up in other celebrity memoirs. Like I, I think she was in Rob Lowe's. Okay. I think that he like went to her house and she like radicalized him <laughs> when he was like That's in his right. early twenties. <laughs> Based on what I, of what I've seen, it sounds about right. Okay. So she was born in 1937. So, and I, but I think December for this. So she will be turning 85 years old this year, which is just insane. I mean, I know she's had plastic surgery, but like for her to be 85 is just bonkers because she looks looks great. Yeah. She was born to a Canadian socialite, Frances Ford Seymour, and an American actor, Henry Fonda. Many people, when she was like, her dad was pretty famous. He was a well-known actor and that kind of worked against her when she was younger because she was always trying to kind of make him happy or, you know, she was daddy's little girl. So she was trying to like do everything he could want to make him like love her. But he was pretty detached from their relationship. She did not have an easy childhood. Her mom was in and out of mental health, like mental institutions. They didn't get along and she idolized her dad. But like I said, he was not really involved. What was really sad is that when her dad, when her, when she was younger, her, her mom, like I said, she was in and out of institutions. Her mom ended up taking her own life. So the dad and his mother tell her and her brother, and they told her that he, she had a heart attack when she was like, she, she killed herself in one of the institutions and they saw her, oh, she had a heart attack and died. And then she like later on found out from reading a magazine. Oh, her mother. Oh actually- my gosh. Could you even imagine that's how you find out your mom's real cause of death in a magazine? Yeah. Horrific. But like her dad was like, oh yeah, um, your mom died. I got to go back to New York for this musical that I'm doing on Broadway. And oh, like, that was it. yeah. It's so- kind of like Prince Harry finding out that Diana died. Is that yeah. like tapping him on the knee and leaving yeah. the room? Be a good sport. Yeah. <laughs> so she really was like brought up in these like boarding schools because her dad, along with being you know, not being involved, was having an affair on her mom. Like when they were when he was in different states and he ended up marrying this woman that he had an affair with. So she was like again trying to really make him love her and nothing she could do could make him happy. Mm. In her teens, early 20s, she took a liking to acting and her stepmom at the time gave her an ultimatum and said, if you don't get a job by September, you know, you're out of here. And she start, went and like started doing these acting classes and got a job with this like well-known producer guy. And she got typecasted as this girl next door in these early movies and Broadway plays. She was a Nepo baby before it was cool to be a Nepo baby. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, I guess Nepo babies, you don't know the relationship status of each (laughs) father, daughter or parent, child, but yeah, this is like, yeah. 
one person that kept coming up in all these movies that she was with in with was Robert Redford. No, I just love him. He's such like a good looking guy from all those movies. Like he was so attractive, but they had a really good um, chemistry together. Is he so, your top old guy? I don't think so. Cause he's blonde, but mm. I think he's like, got that like handsome rugged look. Yeah. Right? Like surfer sure. dude, but kind of like, I don't know what it is. He's a little sidetracked, but we just recently saw the new Indiana Jones and they sure. like, I don't know if they did like tricks to make Harrison Ford younger to do okay. a scene that was supposed to be like 20 years before whatever, but like he was cute too. Harrison Ford, <laughs> Harrison Ford yeah. can get it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Agree. So she actually made her acting debut in 1960 on Broadway with a play called There Was a Little Girl. And she received a nomination for the Tony Award for Best Featured, Featured Actress in the Play. And that, and then she made her screen debut the same year when she was 23 years old in a romantic comedy called Tall Story. So she kind of came out and like first thing was receiving all these nods. So that was really good sign for what's to come so after you know she had a few films under her belt she was really struggling with her identity and this comes up a lot in all the information I found she really kind of attached to a man and then like had they really defined who she was so it's not till she's much older that she kind of takes on the role of who she's going to be that and probably goes to the relationship with her father, right? If you're always trying to seek male approval, you're going to do the same thing in your romantic relationships. Yeah, yeah, it definitely carries over. In her early 20s or mid or mid to early 20s, she moves to France. And that's where she meets this producer named Robert Vadim. Um, so he has like, he's like this cool producer guy. He's probably one of the guys that had like a, audition couch in his <laughs> in his day area because he had a reputation with women and she like describes the moment that they meet each other and she's like I just felt this like insane like bolt of like chemistry go through me and she's like and I just like had to be with him but and was then, he attractive I mean I guess he was like tall dark and somewhat handsome but had like that weird European look to him <laughs> I don't know <laughs> not to offend anyone or anything yeah, like I don't know like kind of like lanky okay okay yeah. like, but really he did weird. not look like Harvey Weinstein no, no 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 okay I bet he was like attractive in his day but like when I look at pictures of really tall guys with like long black like hair and those big bulky glasses I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so they end up getting married and he had a daughter from a previous relationship and again she's finding herself pushed back into this of like what does he want me to be who do I who am I with him or without him so he really pushed her into these like different provocative roles so there's this movie that she did have you ever seen Barbarella I don't or think so I've heard so, of it so it's like I was kind of shocked when they were showing clips of it because I'm like um okay this is like pretty like there's nudity in it like she showed her boobs and everything and it's kind of like I don't know like what's that one movie where like the chick turns into a robot and she's like a sexy robot do you know what I'm talking about it reminds no. me of Austin <laughs> Powers like, where, oh. like the like femme bots like it's kind of like that kind of vibe oh okay okay 
Um, but he like forced her to do that. And she said in some of the scenes, like she had to get wasted to like do the scenes because she was just so uncomfortable with rolling around on the ground naked during a yeah, scene. Yeah, that doesn't sound comfortable. Yeah. But in 1964, her and Robert Vadim were in St. Tropez, Tropez, and there was something going on during Congress, like they had passed this Tong Kong Gulf Resolutions, and Robert Vadim was telling her how he was pissed off because this was like not something that they should have passed. And through that, like he said, like the Vietnamese people have been fighting for thousands of years and they've always won. And for America to go fight this war thousands of miles away, there's no way they could win. So this is really kind of what gets her more into the activist front. And she's also friends with this French actress, Simone, who, and Simone de something I will totally butcher it, but she was an activist already. So that kind of like got her wheels turning about activism. In 1968, she was pregnant and she was watching the Ted Offensive on TV about the and the newsreels from the Chicago demonstrations. And that's when she had it in her head, like, I'm going to start doing something. And she went to back to her friend, Simone, and was like, she's like, I know, like, this is how we, how we can help. Then her daughter was born, Vanessa. She had postpartum depression she had always associated, you know, women with victims and this tied her back to her mother and just kind of the relationships that they had. So she was really um, having a hard time after the birth of her daughter. All right. So she had a hard time with postpartum depression after the birth of her daughter. And she kind of started to see how her mom struggled and how after having children and having mental health issues and then you know, being home alone and mm. the dad going back and forth and then having a fair, like she kind of like started to get it. But that again, really started to spark that interest in doing more on the activist front. Did and she that- become like an advocate for postpartum moms? No, she oh. kind of said in this, one of the documentaries that like, that she kind of like, felt bad about the relationship she had with her mom Mm. when she when she became a mom she was kind of like okay like I should have not really just always tried to make my dad happy yeah like giving her mom a little grace yes exactly (laughs) now Vietnam what do you know about Vietnam I know it's a war and a place unlike some of our (laughs) friends I mean like I know a decent amount what are we looking for well, I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to like dispute any like, you know, what. Oh, OK, I won't argue with you about like the politics of the Vietnam War. Because <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like whatever you say it is, you're right. You're a history person. I am not. I did have to Google like, why did we go into Vietnam again? Like, I don't get it. That's definitely not my area of expertise or even interest. But I do think it's interesting how, so, okay. So you know that she went over to Vietnam. Yes. Okay. So, all right. So we'll dive in with that. Okay. So she was photographed sitting on a North Vietnamese anti-aircraft gun on a 1972 visit to Hanoi. So she basically goes over there to North Vietnam for two weeks 
and visiting with soldiers, which she had also done with American soldiers too, back home. She was talking with them, seeing what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, like what they're coming back to after the war. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was basically doing the same thing in Vietnam and trying to make sense of how they were living. During that tour and some media that was taken from that tour, she's they're singing a song to her and she's clapping and she like is sitting on this what is a aircraft yeah it's a bad look yeah it's a bad look so that was like a really big thing during that time that she did this and she got the nickname Hanoi Jane from that and And we all know how like the media can take something innocent and make it look how they want exactly and I think this was I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think this is probably one of the early like media spins of like against celebrities with pictures? I mean, I think it's probably been going on as long as there have been celebrities, but yeah, I think this was like, I mean, obviously we weren't alive at the time, but I think it was huge at the time. And I think it really uh, negatively impacted her career for a long time, right? Like, I mean, it's going to, I can pull up her IMDb <laughs> later, but I feel like you're going to see a heavy drop off in like the role she was getting. I want to say for probably like 20 years after, right? I mean, she was still starring in movies, but like not the types of movies, like ones that she really was pushing for. Or she was funding. Um, right. Right. And like, like I said, she was still doing movies, but then she was really probably doing more of the activist stuff at that time mm-hmm. than all the movies she did from, you know, her premiere role till when she had the the picture taken in 1972. Yeah. And then, you know, she's talking out about the violence, protesting violence, and then she was recorded on radio broadca- broadcast telling troops to consider their orders and the effects it may have. Yeah, which isn't great. Yeah, so it doesn't sound great. And since she's like come out and said like, you know, maybe I should like I shouldn't have just spoken so freely about that. I should have been more careful with my words. But I feel like during that time, like it makes sense. She wasn't the only one saying and speaking out against the war. I mean, or- there were like infamous protests against the war. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, uncommon. I think that the part that stood out was that she physically visited North Vietnam right like that that was was a little less common right like that's kind of crazy like she went into a war zone yeah like I was like holy shit she went there (laughs) and she was a mom yeah yeah could you imagine going somewhere that dangerous no no but like yeah I guess she had this like feeling inside her that she had to do something right Mm -hmm. I guess but yeah that was it was crazy so after her after that, around that time, her and Vadim break up. She's next engaged and then married to someone named Tom Hayden, who's a politician, organizer, activist. He's one of the Chicago Seven. And in 1965, there's the largest demonstration. And Jane was involved, Jane Fonda was involved in all that at these, she did these GI coffee houses where, like I was saying, she talks to them and what they're going through and the possibilities of what could happen at Vietnam. That was a good show. Did you watch the show that was about that trial? No. Oh, with her? No, it was, it was like a limited series. Forget what it was called now. 
But what she said was crazy going, just going back to that Vietnam trip was that she can, she's like, as I'm landing in Vietnam, I can see American planes bombing Vietnam. And at the same time, Nixon said he was bringing troops home, but he wasn't, he was bombing North Vietnam and that she went to alone to Hanoi. So it's like, I guess like we get our information so much quicker now. So like she's on the ground seeing this and it's like, it's just crazy. Very crazy. All right. It didn't have a creative name. It was called the trial of the Chicago seven. Oh, (laughs) it was on Netflix limited series. It had like Eddie Redmayne in it. Eddie Redmayne played her husband. Tom Hayden. Yeah, it was good. Okay. I'll add that to my list. When she comes back, the U.S. government is trying to charge her with sedition or treason um, because she was like sitting behind the enemy aircraft and just going and talking to the enemy and during this war and everything. So, I mean, nothing ever came of it. Like she didn't get charged, but there were some clips of people like screaming at her in court. It was kind of crazy. I mean, but it was interesting because what she had said in one of the clips about it was like, she's like, I felt the most American when I was doing that because I saw something that wasn't like right, that we shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be in this war. And I felt like using my voice and all the access I have was like the right thing to do. So like, I guess it can, you could see both sides of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she, she definitely got a lasting bad rap for Mm -hmm. that action, but I don't, know that I feel like her intentions were malicious at all or anti-American I think she was trying to I think she was just trying unsuccessfully maybe to see the conflict from all angles and maybe not even just unsuccessfully like unnecessarily like kind of like who was she to do that and why yeah Yeah, I think it was more from like a humanitarian perspective from Mm -hmm. her and other people saw it as like anti-America. Yeah. But, okay. So moving right along, she then got pregnant with her second child, Troy. Okay, and this is Tom Hayden's kid? Yes, yep. Okay. Um, I'm surprised to see how long they were married for. They were married for 17 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think they... Because they both had like the interests in activism, it sounded mm-hmm. like they had a pretty active life with everything that they did with like how they campaigned and, and you know, organized all these different events and their causes. So my favorite line from a, one of the documentaries was from her son, Troy. And he said, we holidayed in conflict zones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, said we always had other families living with us there was a homeless person who lived underneath our house her father Henry Fonda when he was alive at the time when Troy was little said that they lived in a shack because you think like she's making all this money doing these movies he's a politician you know they they lived in a nice house like they lived in like a normal like little Cape Cod kind of house and like they said it was like a tiny commune like there was it was like very people in and out all the time. So that was it. That sounds about right. Yeah. What they found themselves forced with was that they needed to raise money for 
you know, they were kind of, I mean, you hear this rhetoric nowadays too, like corporations leading America and let's get corporations out of the lawmaking side of things. That's kind of the stance they were taking, but they needed to raise money to help get people elected and all that. So how did they do that? Do you know? No. Tell me. Workout videos. Oh my gosh, that's where the workout videos come in? So she had this idea of making these workout videos and all the profits from the workout videos went to this organization called Campaign for Economic Democracy. So we were working out for economic democracy. Yeah. (laughs) And they were the number one home video of all time. I believe that. And she then wrote Workout Books, which was a number one bestseller for two years. It's kind of like crazy, but all this money was funneled into this organization to pay for all of these causes that her and her husband had like their, you know, had their hands in. She's, she did say like their relationship really kind of started to break down when all those, when she was having success for those things, because he was an actual author. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. She was probably so pissed. Going to get on the New York Times bestseller list. Read my books. (laughs) this damn workout book about like you know doing leg lifts Um, (laughs) have you ever done any of our workouts I know you've done a lot of workout series no but I've never done but I remember my mom talking about like oh yeah Jane found a workout like I remember that um (laughs) but so like this is when she really shifts into doing movies that mean something to her and that have a storyline that you know is in line with her thinking she did one called the China Syndrome Okay. I've heard of that. that, A nuclear event happens. Like basically that was depicted in the movie. So she was like, finally, people are like, and people are like, oh my God, how did you know all that? And like, how did this happen? And she's like, it's right. It's all here. So it was kind of like people were starting to catch on that. And then another really popular one was nine to five with and Dolly Parton. And they talked about, you know, equal pay for equal work with women. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great one. Retirement from the film industry in 1991. But was okay. she really done? No. I mean, no. she's like currently on shows. The answer is no. What could make her come out of retirement? Ted Turner. J-Lo. Oh, <laughs> Close. No? She started Monster-in-Law alongside <gasps> Jennifer Lopez. And that oh. was her <laughs> to the film industry. How long did she actually stay out? So that was... Hold on, I have her IMDb up. That was 1991 was when she retired. Monster-in-law, that's right. She's the mother-in-law in that, right? Yeah, she's the monster-in-law. If you will. Monster. Oh yeah, nothing from 1990 to 2005. Monster-in-law. Yes, okay, yep. Okay, and how did that uh, peak her activism <laughs> well, muscle? Or... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what got her uh, to sign with that movie as her return to Hollywood but just overall she has 64 acting credits which Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive and what's more so impressive is her 1044 magazine covers Ooh, that is a lot I feel like the Jane Fonda workout videos probably like were a lot of them also in 1991 as you alluded to she married Ted Turner who was the CNN founder and TV tycoon, which 
I was, I was thinking about how that was kind of a funny link between her role in newsroom being like the wife and oh, the yeah. taking over the media, TV media network. That is uh, really interesting. And I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, but they divorced 10 years later in 2001. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you don't have to work when you're married to Ted Turner. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think she was pretty well on her own. Yeah, yeah, true. She was romantically linked to record producer Richard Perry from 2009 to 2017. Okay. And finally, at the end of 2017, she says she's just not cut out for love. Oh, but I feel like at her age, she deserves, like, someone to spend time with. Yeah, well, like, I guess it was, so it was five years. So, okay, so I guess in 2018, she said... I'm 80 years old, like, at, but shops closed down there. <laughs> I know, but don't you want to eat dinner with someone? Like, <laughs> companionship. I yeah, mean, I even if the shop's closed. Yeah. I assume she has tons of friends and family. And she's good. So, yeah, she has her, like, stepdaughter that she maintained a relationship with from Robert Vadim. She has her daughter, Vanessa. She has her son, Troy. And then they did adopt, like, a teenage child when she was younger, who it sounds, there's not much information on her, but it sounds like she's around the same age as Troy. So she has children um, in her life, too. But... Later on, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and osteoporosis. She underwent a lumpectomy in 2010 and recovered. Then in 2019, she revealed that she had a cancerous growth removed from her lower lip and she had pre-melanoma growths removed from her skin. So she's had some scares, but then in 2022, more recently, she announced that she had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma and oh. she began chemotherapy. And, you know, as of the end of December, she said that she was in remission. Wait, what year was that diagnosis? It was September, 2022. And then December, I'm sorry, September, 2022. And then in December, 2022, she said she was in remission. So she did oh. chemotherapy and it sounds like it worked. That's so good. she's out of the woods with cancer, but I mean, she's 85 years old. I can't imagine like the life that she has lived is just so far is insane. Well, and she- the book club, the next chapter just came out. Mm-hmm. And she was in um, 80 like for 40. That was I about, don't know what that is. I've never heard of that one. Like one about like Tom Brady and football. I think they're like the moms okay. of the football players. Okay. But what I would recommend for any Jane Fonda fans is there's something on HBO Max. I think it's also on Hulu is called Five Acts with Jane Fonda. Um, okay. And it kind of goes over each kind of, you know, person, major person in her life and how they kind of shaped her and, and everything she's done. So that's a really good place to start to get a huge overview of everything. That she's now, doing. is that a series or a documentary or? It's a documentary. So I think it's probably like an hour and a half to two hours, maybe. Oh, that's not bad at all. I can yeah. do that. I can yeah. handle it. It was interesting. Definitely very interesting. But 
I just love her character on the newsroom and it made me want to know more about her because I think, you know, my family group chat was right where like, she doesn't care if people like her or not. Like she's very authentic in that way, but it was really interesting to see kind of the backstory with the males in her life and how it took her a really long time to be like comfortable with herself and kind of take the lead on her own and, you know, really become an independent woman. Yeah. And I don't think I realized Grace and Frankie went off the air last year. Yeah. I remember my mom loved watching that show. I never got it. Yeah, it's cute. But I love Jane Fonda. She is badass. She is. Thank you for that, Chelsea. I think my favorite thing that I've learned tonight (laughs) is that she came out of retirement to be in Monster-in-Law. My favorite thing was that the Jane Fonda workout videos profits were all being funneled to this like democratic fund and you know everyone was buying those like I know no idea I love that that is yeah that is a excellent graft like that's grafting for good well that's it for this episode do you have something you want us to deep dive on send us an email with the topic to julie at vermontmoms.com and be sure to come hang out with us on facebook and instagram at vt mom if you want to dive deeper into any of the topics we present here shoot us a dm on the gram we love to chat don't forget to rate and review this podcast and subscribe so you know when each new episode is released